Hello, my spontaneous people. This is Shiny Boy here, and welcome to My Culture Mind. This is the show where I talk about anything in the world of modern culture, from music, movies, TV, food, and all that stuff. And today, I'll be doing a spoiler review of Lightyear. So if you have not watched Lightyear, go check out that movie and come right back to this review. Or you could just stay and just listen to this review, and if you don't give a, you know, a crap about, uh, the movie. Also, I'll be talking about Big Time Rush and the Reunion Tour, and also some of the songs that they've already released. Give my thoughts about that, and what's, um, and all that jazz. Um, also, I'll be talking about Warner Brothers, and what I hope they would do regarding the Ezra Miller situation. And also, uh, finally, I'll be talking about Fantastic Beasts. What are the theories that I have or what I hope to see in future Fantastic Beast films. Technically, we're supposed to have two more. I have no idea what is the future of Fantastic Beast, but I hope it will be good. Anyways, before we get started, if you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for listening today. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and wherever you can get your podcasts. So, without further ado, let's get started with the first topic of the day. So, before we, you know, start the podcast, I just wanted to explain how this is going to go. I will be doing three topics that are, you know, basically minor topics, and then I'm going to have the main. So, the main is going to be the end. For example, today, the the title of this episode is the Lightyear Spoiler Review, but that will be for the end of the episode today. So, so that means I'll be talking about those three other topics first, and then I'll be, you know, discussing Lightyear um, later on. So, I will be doing a little... <clears throat> I'll be doing a little spiel about like you know certain topics in the beginning, and then we're gonna take a little break, and then after that, um, after that we'll go to the main topic. So if you are you, hopefully hopefully you are following with me. Again, I haven't done this in a long time, and I wanted to make sure I get back to the rhythm. I will be stumbling. I will be stumbling. I'll be doing a little a lot of ums. That is because I'm trying to get the flow back together. And also, I just came out of work, so... Man, I am really trying to <laughs> to get my stuff together. But let's just get started with the Big Time Rush reunion tour. So, um, for those who have been fans of the podcast, or have been listening to the podcast for a, for a while, uh, I am a huge Big Time Rush fan. I've been following their music since I was probably like 10 or so. I think, uh, yeah, I've been a fan since like, you know, the TV show arrived and, and now seeing them back together doing music and really good music as well. Um, one of the, so they have three songs released so far. I mean, three songs that, uh, that came from their comeback. One, call it like I see it. So, how they uh how they promoted that that song was they were performing at Jingle Ball at Philadelphia and and of course they had some other Jingle Ball um performances but they did announce a tour in the beginning i think it was like in Chicago and then New York and it was just awesome to see that they were willing to come back 
uh, to what they love doing best. Like it, and and that is mostly the music part. They, I feel like for Big Time Rush, they're one of that those boy bands were. Again, they weren't as popular. I remember Big Time Rush. They were, they were on par. Or like at some at one time on par with One Direction, and of course One Direction became more popular. But the thing is, is that because Big Time Rush was tied to Nickelodeon, they thought it was more childish, um, or not as adult. But the thing is, is that they are brilliant vocalists. They are brilliant singers. It just so happens that they had a history tied in with Nickelodeon, and therefore they're more kid friendly, and they aren't really a legit band. But the thing is, is that they are. And like you know, just goes to show that they are a legit band. That they, they are, they went on tour. They've been like you know, they've toured before, and they had brilliant songs. Um, but anyways, I'm just gonna talk about now. Now they are. They have three songs released. Call it like I see it. We have uh, uh, never gonna give you up. Uh, there is like gonna give you up. I forgot. Never gonna give you up or so. No, no. Wait, now I'm thinking of Rick Astley. <laughs> Rick Astley. Because uh, I'm never giving you up, not giving you up, not... Like, like that's, 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 that's copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> um, hopefully they don't take, uh, you know... <laughs> I love y'all. I love Big Time Rush. Um, but please, uh, <laughs> don't take much from me. But anyways, they had uh, those two. And then the third, which is released, it's called Fall. I love their new song fall because as much as i loved um their like their first two and they're really good something about fall was it felt like a totally different sound i never heard uh, never thought i would heard from big time rush um never uh giving you up giving you up was um was like uh it, it it sounded like like their old music but a little bit more modernized call it like I uh call it like I see it was how would I explain it it's i i it's it sounds like them but they, it looks like they were trying to do something new and then fall was definitely something new that it felt like it has that house vibe, like tropical house. No, no, is tropical house is the the correct term? But anyways, anyways, I love that song. Go check out Fall. It is it it's one of those songs that like it's short. It's a short song. It's only like two minutes and forty seconds, but it felt long for some reason. For me, for me, it felt long. Like or like at least good enough a like a good listen, so I was very surprised because I was like, ah, oh, they made another short song, but it, like no, I think it's I think they made it really well, and I don't think I would ever change, uh, change anything about that song. It is really brilliant. But anyways, like that's enough for that. Let's talk about the tour. I am going to their concert oh my god so i am so i bought my tickets i bought my tickets uh probably around january not january probably around march march or april but i remembered when the tickets were on sale i was like i don't know when i'm ever gonna see them again touring 
So when I heard that they're going to do a tour, um, I was just so excited. I'm going to the one in Irvine. Um, I was planning on L.A., but mm, I feel like Irvine's much nicer. <laughs> I feel like Irvine's much nicer. But then I realized, oh, it's outdoors. So that's one thing. But at least it's outdoors instead of, like, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of safety-wise. But, but again, um, I... I think I, I think I got pretty good seats. Um, so I'm very excited. I am going with uh, with my sister uh, because we were both like fans, and so we loved the TV show and we binged it. it was, <laughs> I remembered uh, back in I think it was last year I did an episode like, oh, Big Time Rush is going to Netflix, and like I think they are still on Netflix. It, it it's just one of those shows. It just puts a smile on your face, really. It's it's a funny show, but also they have such banger songs. Like I I I'm not lying. They have good songs, uh, and I just think that they are overlooked. And I hope that more people would recognize their talent. And yeah, I think that's all. All I ever wanted is like people to. Um, appreciate their talents, so, so, yeah, um, but anyways, anyways, I'm very excited, I'm very happy for them to get into, um, doing more new, new music, and also going back to touring, doing what they, what they do best, and just performing, performing to the fullest, yeah, they have, they are great musicians, so I highly recommend checking them out, whether if it's their new music or their show, go check out Big Time Rush. Anyways, let's move on to the next topic. Now, this is going to be pretty controversial. Um, but at the same time, it's, I'll, again, I don't support this at all. So, um, Ezra Miller has been on the news. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, recently, he is on the run. Uh, no one could find him. And that is because... Um, uh, probably, like, I think it was, like, 2015, he was friends with a, like, you know, minor, and then, like, the parents were, you know, concerned about their daughter following Ezra Miller, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm gonna do my best, because I know they identify, uh, as, as they, them, so Ezra identifies as they, them, so I'm gonna, if I'm, if I trip, uh, if I stumble on, on their pronouns, it's just, you know, me adjusting to that, um, but to respect Ezra Miller's choice, and for people who want them, like, I, 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 it is important to respect people's pronouns, and I'm gonna do the best I can, and for Ezra, but again, I don't condone what Ezra does, I just want to make that clear. I don't condone what Ezra Miller does. Uh, choking someone, threatening, you know, a couple to bury, like, you know, kill them and bury them. No, no. But the main concern is, what is Warner Brother going to do regarding Ezra Miller? Now, the biggest thing that that Warner Brothers has been doing is act like nothing's happened. And that is the... I, In my opinion, that is the worst thing that they could do. 
you can't act like this is not happening. But at the same time, they know that we know. So they're just trying to just like, just like, please don't talk about it. Like, because I've, there are reports, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're uh, legit, but it's said that, that Ezra Miller's The Flash, uh, the movie, is actually really good. And, and I think that because it's good, or if WB thought the movie was good, it just so happens that they have uh, a shitty actor who's done shitty things. So they're wondering if we could just stay quiet and then, like, again, they cannot promote this movie. Like, WB cannot promote um, this movie no matter how much they want to. I... I don't know what's like, you know, the the best move, but I will say this for Warner Brothers. They've got to address something. I don't like when studios be like like, you know, oh, nothing's happening. Nothing like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like in like uh, like our uh our like, you know, main star is not um a lunatic. Uh, they can't, because we all know, and you have to, like, you know, um, release this movie at one way or another, but it's a financial risk, it's a financial risk, business-wise, it's a risk to even, like, do a statement, and I understand that, or I, or at least I understand that a lot of money is on the line. To even make a statement. If they make a statement, then, and I feel like it's, how would I say it? It's kind of like they're giving up, or some way. I feel like, it's hard to see a movie without, like, you know, someone shitty in it. Or, like, someone who is, you know... A really bad person and you just can't like I can't imagine like supporting them whatsoever so I think that for for WB to handle the situation honestly if they were to address it and I'm not saying they're gonna be forgiven completely but I do feel like there are, it's going to ease some people. I feel like it's going to, we've already made our decision of whether, uh, I feel like we've already made our decision to whether we're going to see this movie or not. And in my opinion, in my opinion, if I, if I know, if I know that, that the Flash is available on streaming or it's released in theaters I probably gonna watch it again I am not supporting what Ezra does I'm just gonna be interested in the the character and like that's the same thing with how I felt regarding um, when I watched Fantastic Beasts um, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore 
I was watching it, and I'm like, it's like, there's a little bit of like, uh, you are a crappy person. Um, but at the same time, when I saw Credence, uh, uh, their character was, like, you know, pretty interesting, but at the same time, it did not affect how I felt about the film. Again, Ezra is not the main star of that movie, but the main star is The Flash. But I feel like it's more, I don't want to say more comfortable to see Ezra in that state where he like, where, where they play Barry Allen. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I am trying to wrap my around a bit. Again, people have already established whether gonna, they're going to see this movie or not. All they can do, all, all that WB can do, is just release the film. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people, want to see uh, someone replace Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller for, like, either. A lot of people said Grand Custin. And I would be excited to see that. I would definitely watch that. But I don't think they're going to go that route. They're... Like, if they were to replace Ezra Miller's face, and that is a lot to ask. That is more money, put, uh, putting more money on the table. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think they could do it, because the movie's already made. The movie's already made, and they have to release it one way or another. Streaming, they're going to lose a lot of money. They're going to lose a lot of money, anyway, either way. But they, I feel like they just have to focus on theater in theaters, because if they're not going to address it, that means they are scared. They are scared of what the people might think, and they're and they they fear of the black backlash. If our WB, if our WB, and again, I am not a professional. I do not work for these companies. I don't know what is their tactics. Like maybe my, you know, my my opinion is the wrong the wrong choice. I will I will totally admit that admit, admit that. But if I were in WB and they asked me what should they do, and for some reason they want my opinion, I would just go and be straight with them. Hey everyone, we are trying to promote a film, but uh, due to unfortunate circumstances with the controversy of Ezra Miller, it has been difficult to promote this movie. We do not condone... That's another thing. I feel like WB should say this, we do not condone this behavior. That's like, you know, even if... Even if... Um, but I feel, feel like the most important thing is they take, like, either they take full responsibility, or we're trying to find counsel, or something like that, to address the problem, so that people will have, at least know more of the truth of what they are trying to do, so that there's a little bit, a little bit of faith, a little bit of trust, so that people will be like, okay, fine, we can, we can at least watch the film. Or, or ease people's minds or their anticipation because, um, or, or they could say this, I understand 
that that Ezra Miller is not, you know, the best person at the moment. However, they should still be, you know, supportive of the filmmakers. The filmmakers who are, who put their, a lot of hard work. That is a lot of hard work, and it, it would be a shame to just, like, throw it away. Because of all these actors, actresses, cat, like, cast, crew, sound, all of that. I feel like we should do that for them. I, I think that's what Warner Brothers should say. Do not support this for Ezra Miller. Support this movie because of the hard work put into that. Support Michael Keaton. Support um, um, the actress playing Supergirl. Support these individuals. It's not just this one person. I think that, I feel like that is a good approach. Therefore, it would at least give the audience now some sort of clarity of where WB stands and how the audience would react. I'm, again, the, the Flash could be like, you know, terrible, terrible, whatever. And, but it is a business that they're trying to do. So if they're going to do it like a smart way, it's all about transparency. That's that's the word I'm trying to find. Transparency. Transparency, I think transparency could at ease people's anxieties, their anticipation for the film of something. Give the, you know, audience something that they could look forward to in this film instead of just like, oh, but Ezra Miller's there. Like again, that's that's you, as much as you want to appease the audience, and there are people, and trust me, there are people who do not know about the Ezra Miller situation. Even though I, like, you know, even though I do, you probably, you, like, probably you do, but, but I think that it's important to, to acknowledge, I think it's important to acknowledge the, the hard work put into this movie. Because I, you know, it's, who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I think WB has got to say something. Um, is it possible that they can replace him? I, I have no idea. But anyways, that is my thoughts on that. And hopefully things will get better. Alright, moving on to our third topic. So, <laughs> I mentioned Fantastic Beasts. And, you know, Ezra Miller. But now, let's talk about more on the Fantastic Beasts films. And what I hope to see in the future films. So, for the past... Okay, so, what I loved about the Fantastic Beasts franchise is the Fantastic Beasts. And, and uh, Newt. I think that Newt is a wonderful character that... We should explore more. It, it's, it's called Fantastic Beasts for a reason. And and I feel like he, Newt Scamander has been um, put to the side. I really think so. Um, it just so happens that, like, you know, he's doing more of this extravagant stuff. And I, I feel like they are not giving him, or at least... Um, giving them the chance, because now it's all about the war, 
and don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I, I don't think that the war part is, like, you know, a bad idea. If they're gonna focus more on Dumbledore and Grindelwald, and, like, which they have been doing since the first movie, since, like, this, the first Fantastic Beast film, I, then I don't think you should call it Fantastic Beasts. I, I I'm sorry, it, like, don't get me wrong, I love Newt, but if we are talking more more about Fantastic Beasts, I feel like the star should be Eddie Redmayne. Like, you know, more to Ed, Eddie Redmayne. The story around him, and not just be like, okay, he's going to do another mission, um, we're not going to dive in more of his struggles or anything of that, because we haven't explored that. We explore more. We explored more of Dumbledore's struggle and the convictions of Grindelwald. Like that's been the focus. And don't get me wrong, that is very interesting. It is very interesting to see, and I love that. But I feel like if they called it different, if they if they called it literally, they don't have to call it the Fantastic Beast franchise. You should just call it like. I don't know, Dumbledore, like, you know, Dumbledore and the yada yada, like, you know, I, I something else, a different title, but something that, or like, or Dumbledore and the Fantastic Beasts, or something, I don't know, or just, if they're gonna make a Fantastic Beast film, then let, let it focus more on the Fantastic Beast and Newt Scamander. Because that's the most important thing, if that is the title. But, again, a lot of people would disagree with me. I am not saying that what we've seen is terrible. That is not what I'm saying. But if they're going to focus, if they're going to call it Fantastic Beast, bring more focus to Newt and his struggles. Or something like... Like, or even like the romance with Tina. I love Tina. I, the, the Tina's character is great. Um, but I understand that the actress didn't want to be involved as much. Um, I think it was more of the, uh, didn't want to support, like, you know, uh, the anti-trans, uh, like, you know, the things that J.K. Rowling said, has said. Um, I, again, I, I don't know if that's true. Uh, don't take my word for it, but that's just what I've heard. But, um, again, uh, spoiler alert... Um, for those who have not read Fantastic Beasts, or, read, or actually read the book, Newt and Tina got married. That's, you know, that's, that's the, that's the truth. That's how, again, they do get married. But, I want to see that, you know, that connection. And we don't see that. We don't see that at all. So, I wonder if they are going to continue with Tina, and if, you know, Newt ends up with her. No, no. He will end up with her, but like I, I wanted to see it. One of my one of my favorite moments of uh, Fantastic Beast Three was that it was the ending. The ending felt more like Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. And I love that because we're going back to what makes this film, like makes the franchise, or like the it's like the sense of wonder. The sense of wonder and like the kindness and like just these connections that makes it so great and instead of just like war and all that. I'm not saying that it's not important to a story. I'm not saying that. It just like just call it something different. 
if you were to focus more on the war and all that. Um, and I, plus, I want to finish this Dumbledore versus Grindelwald arc. Um, and to be honest, I will be honest. If the date was correct, I think I think it was like what what year nineteen forty five. Around where the like the world World War ended, World War Two ended, that Grindelwald and Dumbledore faced off once again, um, and of course, spoiler alert, uh, Dumbledore beat him. We know it was it's coming, but still, I think that I want to like I feel like that fight that fight that fight at the end. With Grindelwald and Dumbledore, I wouldn't be mad. I really wouldn't be mad if that is how, like you know, like it went down. I I, I really don't care. Um, so I feel like they just gotta wrap this up, this whole Dumbledore Grindelwald thing, and focus more on Fantastic Beasts, focus more on Newt, and also put let let's just put the Credence story to bed. Like that that's it. Like. We don't need we don't need Ezra Miller anymore in this franchise, uh, and and probably the 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 filmmakers already agree we are not gonna they they are not gonna explore that storyline anymore, mm. because the uh, it's been revealed that he is a Dumbledore, but he is the son of Aberforth, so um I think. At least they did not really retcon, like, oh, this is your brother, or anything like that. Because he didn't have a brother. But, I mean, like, he didn't have another brother. So, I think that is uh, a way to... I think that is a way for... To not piss off fans as much. But, like, that, I feel like that... I feel like the Credence story is done. There is no more to add, really. So... So yeah, that is what I hope for um, for the Fantastic Beast films. But again, I really hope um, they really focus more on Newt and the Beast and all that because that is what's that's the charm. That's the charm of a Fantastic Beast, and I want to see more of that. So so yeah, that's my that's my thoughts. Alright, now, before we get into our main topic of the day, uh, let's just take a break and, you know, let's just talk about, I'm going to talk about um, uh, the sponsor of today, and of course, um, our sponsor is our good friends at Anchor. So I've been using Anchor for, for, for almost three years now, so Anchor's been that one tool that helped me like spread my podcast uh, all over Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. So it's been. I really wanted to thank Anchor for sponsoring this ep- this episode because without them, I wouldn't been able to, um, you know, basically the money that I need to keep continuing this podcast. So, so if you are starting off trying to trying to start like you know, a podcast but you don't know how I think Anchor is the best way to get started. All you have to do is just download the app on your phone or your computer and just press record. And then it will uh, it will help you find ways to get sponsorships and how to make your content available throughout 
many podcast services. So go check out Anchor. It's a really helpful tool. tool. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it is a really helpful tool. So go check out Anchor. Alright, for our main topic of the day, it is Lightyear. I'm going to be doing a spoiler review of Lightyear. And uh, if you have not watched the movie, go watch the movie first and then come back for this review. So please, I'm warning you, this is the last time, spoilers. This is going to be a spoiler for the Lightyear movie. So, um, one thing I will, um, I will address it is not a Toy Story movie. It just so happens that a Toy Story character is starring this movie. It is not the Buzz Lightyear of, like, you know, of Andy's, like, you know, uh, or, like, the toy. It's not, it's not starring the toy. It's starring the essence, the character of Buzz Lightyear. So, they, uh... The creators of this film treated Buzz Lightyear as this, as this, the space hero. So, in the beginning of the film, they started off with, in 1990, uh, 1995, Andy's mom bought, um, received a toy, uh, a Buzz Lightyear toy, based off of, like, a favorite movie that he, his favorite movie he watched. This is this movie. And I like that. And I think that's an awesome way to to address the audience that like, hey, you are in for a ride. That this is not Toy Story. This is a very separate thing. This is a separate thing that they're doing. And we hope that, you know, I hope like, they hope that they would like it. So what do I think about the film? I think this is an 8.5 out of 10 for me. This is really good. This is a really good movie. Um, for starters, it is a fun film. It's it's an overall fun film. There is like a lot of... Um, the humor is there. The action is there. There's, of course, it, because it's a Pixar film, The emo there are emotions in there, in the beginning of the film. So, I've heard people who went to CinemaCon... And I heard they wept because at CinemaCon they released the first thirty minutes of Lightyear, and people were already in tears. One, and so basically, Buzz Lightyear is a space ranger, and he's one of the first people to get out of the like. It's kind of like cryogenics, I think. But but after that after they uh after he got out i think he's like basically piloting the ship with a lot of space rangers and they they're just going to another planet and doing like research but the problem was buzz made a mistake that he um he did not i i guess he didn't fly the the, the ship well or something but I, and anyways anyways his mistake left the people stranded in this planet and the main mission was to leave to leave the planet leave that that planet and and hopefully return home which is earth but the problem is is that like the hyper i, I think it's like a to be honest <laughs> As a Star Wars fan, this is basically coaxium, or like, um, 
it's like uh, hyperspace fuel or hyperspeed or like that's what they wanted to call it. So, so that that is what they're trying to achieve. Buzz Lightyear wanted to create uh, hyperfuel so that they can uh, go back home, but in order to do so, he has to do these test flights. But each test flight. Uh, means that he's going to keep going towards the future. And I actually like that. And that's where people actually cried. Because as more times that he went to time travel, his best friend, uh, I think like Hawthorne, um, she dies of old age. And that's only like the first 30 minutes of the film. And it was heart-wrenching for, um, especially for the people who watched, uh, CinemaCon, at CinemaCon. Like, I felt pretty teary-eyed, too, that this person, you know, passed away. And, and I think that the, you know, the horrors of time travel is that, like, life flashes before your eyes, and, and you don't have time to appreciate that. So, that's why I liked about, um that that um moment but anyways <clears throat> now that buzz lightyear he found like now that the hyper hyper fuel has been created he has a determination to complete the mission and i feel like that's the theme of this whole entire film is like is the mission really important but <laughs> What's funny is like I feel like the the message is yes the mission is important but what's more important is the friends and family we made along the way and it's like it it really is that type of movie but but anyways so so I'm not going to get into too much to the plot because I feel like I'm going to be talking for a long time um but I feel like what I love about this film is it does pay homage to Buzz not wanting a partner or a group. I remember watching the the Buzz Lightyear cartoon. Um, not so much of the TV show, but I watched some episodes. But I watched the Buzz Lightyear cartoon movie. That was my big, like appreciation of Buzz Lightyear. Not the to not Toy Story, but the but that movie, and I love that movie. So I was like, I don't need a partner, that sort of thing. <clears throat> so he has to work with this new group because he went forward in time. And he's he does because he didn't like them as much because they were not professionals because all Buzz could think about is the mission, but because he was so focused on the mission, there was another character. He went more to the towards the future, and what did he saw? Evil Emperor Zerg and Emperor Zerg, or they just called him Zerg. I mean, like, but he, but the thing is, is like he's called Emperor Zerg for a reason. So I feel like okay, I'll get into more like later on because there are three post credit scenes. Yeah, three. <laughs> there are three, but I feel like the last one is more important. But still, I I think it's uh pretty exciting. But anyways, um, I feel like this twist. There's a there's a twist. There's a twist in this movie. The twist is evil Emperor's, Emperor Zerg's identity is not Buzz Lightyear's father, which, like they said in Toy Story 2, Toy Story, if you remember Toy Story 2, Emperor Zerg 
told Buzz Lightyear the the toy versions that I am your father. And of course that is a homage a homage to Star Wars. But it turns out that evil Emperor Zerg is actually Buzz Lightyear himself. Why? Is because he this is Buzz from another timeline trying to steal the I was gonna say coaxium, but that's not it. The hyperspace fuel hyperspeed fuel whatever or hypercrystal, something, like, I forgot the name, trying to steal that fuel so that he could return home and, you know, complete the mission, because Buzz is so, so distracted by this, like, you know, you know, to succeed the mission, that sort of thing, but if he succeeds the mission, um, his best friend's granddaughter wouldn't have been born, and the family that she made... And it's that dilemma of like, oh, if I do this, if I go back home and change things, the people that I've met along the way would never existed. But Buzz, or Emperor Zerg, or Zerg, I keep saying Emperor, but like just Zerg, fine. He doesn't care. Because he doesn't know that Hawthorne had a granddaughter. Or maybe he does, but he doesn't care. Because they're not going to exist after that. And they're going to start anew. But at the same time, you're taking someone... Basically taking someone's... It's like taking someone's life if you change things. You know? Like, you know, it, even if you had good intentions. And that's what I loved about this like this character, Buzz Lightyear. And the villain Zerg. Because basically they're the same person. They are the same person, and yet they're not. I think, And I think that's what makes it interesting. Um, I really love that twist. I really do. Because I think that the most clever villains are the ones that resemble you or, like, the main character, like, so well. So I think, like, just to see that, I really love, you know, that twist. Is it related to the cartoon? That I, I think that's what most people, like, there are people who are fans of the Buzz Lightyear cartoon. Is this related? No. No, I don't think so. Um, I, th I think that the cartoon is, I th the cartoon is very different. Because the Space Rangers, their, 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 their station is in space. They're literally in space. Um, and Star Command is, um... Yeah, is it's a very different situation. They're not stranded on a planet. No, they are already, they are like 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 space police or some way. They're like it. If I were to describe Lightyear the movie, it's like Star Wars meet meet with Star Trek, and I feel like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command was more Star Trek. But anyways, but anyways. Um, yeah, the cartoon is not relative to this movie. I, I really don't know. Because the, the thing is, is that in the beginning of the Star, um, the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command movie, um, Buzz Lightyear was like, wow, a Buzz Lightyear movie. And, like, the, the toys were, like, putting on the VHS. So, I wondered if that was a spinoff. I, I, I'm thinking too much of, like, as if this is, like, you know, the canon and all that, but, but, yeah, I think that, I love that they address, like, this is this movie that Andy watched as a kid, um, 
but not gonna lie, that's a that's a good budget if you're watching a 1995. But but still, yeah, I think this movie. They and I feel like like the fact that they have this movie, and they have a post credit scene because post credit scenes weren't invented until like Marvel started doing it, or at least like well known that they started doing that, like those, um, like you know famous post credit scenes. But the fact that it has a post credit scene, and I'll get into that in a bit. But like in 1995, <laughs> in 1995 there were post credit scenes. But anyways. But anyways, I think that is a clever move for Pixar to do. It, it gives another take for people to uh, to appreciate the Buzz Lightyear um, character. So so yeah, I really dig that. Oh my god, I love the robot cat socks, and I love cats. I love cats. I don't have one, but I you know I hope to own one. But socks, I thought socks would be. I thought it would be annoying based on the trailers. No. This sock, uh, I mean this sock, this robot cat is badass. This this cat is awesome. It does a lot of, it does a lot for you. Like you know, it's so technical. It's so smart too. Socks the cat, the robot cat. It is so awesome. So so it'll be a new, uh, it'll be a new fan favorite. Um, just to wrap things up, uh, there are three post credit scenes. One is more of like, you know, little, like silly or funny. Like two of them were funny. Um, the post credit scenes about, I forgot something about the droid. And then, yeah, I think there was a mid credit scene and two post credit scenes. Um, damn, I forgot. I forgot the mid credit scene. Oh, the mid credit scene was. Something about like the you no know, the laser dome thing that like um I forgot burn wa- burn while I forgot I forgot the name of the of the commander or whatever or captain or something but anyways there's that uh there's a post credit scene with a robot just talking about as if it's like a GPS so there's that but that's not important. The, what's important is the very, very last post credit scene, and it's after the all the, you know, Disney Castle and all that. It was actually Emperor Zerg. So what happened in the end of the movie? Buzz Lightyear saved us, like, and basically destroyed the hyperfuel because uh, uh, Emperor Zerg, you know, took the hyperfuel. But Buzz made the decision to destroy it, and now he's stranded on, you know, this planet, but. But now it creates the new Space Rangers. So, assuming assuming you thought that Zerg was destroyed. No, he is not. So, I feel like that is going to lead to the evil Emperor Zerg. So, I think that is... Uh, I feel like... I hope... I hope that this movie would lead to the cartoon in some sort of... In some way or fashion... And of course, Buzz Lightyear has, you know, was granted a new team and all that, or at least some tie-in, or like build Star Command in space. That'd be cool to see. But again, um, I don't think that you know the cartoon and this movie are connected whatsoever. But still, but still, I believe this film was so much fun. I loved it. Uh, I I had a amazing time with it it doesn't feel too long it 
it just keeps going. It like it's it, it's pretty fast too. So I feel like this film, this film is, I I I think it has a chance. I believe there's a chance of, of like you know Oscar no, uh, nominations because this this movie's stunning and the action is no joke. The action is no joke. They didn't treat it as just a kids film with like you know kid humor, but no, uh, there are there are moments. I had some. I have some nitpicks. There are some nitpicks where like situations got worse because like someone was very clumsy. I forgot the uh, Taika Waititi's character, but he's but he's just clumsy, and that's why like you know most of the situations that they're in is because like he's mostly clumsy. But other than that. Other than that, I had a good time. I had a really good time watching this film, and I, and I hope that you will give this movie. I hope that this movie gives a chance. Again, it is not a sto Toy Story movie. It just so happens that this movie is starring by Buzz Lightyear, and you gotta look through it through the lens of this is gonna be a space movie, a space action, you know, movie, and. Yes, there are kid elements. I feel like it's a kids movie for adults. That's what I'm trying to say. That it, it's 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 a it's a kids movie made for adults as well, or for of course all ages. But there are some adult moments, and I love that about this film. It does have that Pixar emotion, but not too much, not too much. And now it just focus on the you know the plot of it, and of course I love I love the Emperor's or. Twist. I think I think that's you know it's a brilliant choice. I, in my opinion, I I believe it's a brilliant choice. But yeah, that is it for the my my spoiler review for Lightyear, and of course, that is all for today. This is episode one. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like this podcast, my podcast. <laughs> if you like this podcast, I can't even say podcast right now. Oh my god. All right, bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, listening to this podcast. If you like this podcast, click follow whatever podcast services you are listening this to. Share this podcast to anyone you know. It really means a lot. It really helps a lot. And until next time, so long, farewell, take care, bye bye.